to the Ghetto Good Girl Podcast. I am your host, Justice Antica. And I know y'all had to heard that last, 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 last week, baby. That fire. That skish gosh. <laughs> I be having a good time. But y'all know what I'm talking about. So last week, you know, I told y'all God had me kind of going through the Old Testament and things of that nature, you know what I'm saying? Get Putting put a little spice on it so that I can bring it to y'all because y'all lazy. <laughs> but not for real. Y'all don't be wanting to read the Old Testament. And that's what I've been getting. That's what everybody's been saying. The Old Testament. This is Old Testament. That. And I kind of understand that. But it is some juice. It's like, my mama told me a long time ago, and I, I, I completely ignore her, y'all. I mean, like, that was teenage years. <laughs> I'm almost 30. But... She was like, the Old Testament is like a soap opera. The stories in here is like, it will keep you going. And it is so true because I'd be like, what? But so I'm just bringing some of these like little stories to y'all that really pique my interest. And I'm putting a little, you know what I'm saying? Ghetto good girl, razzle dazzle, little Justice Antica, razzle dazzle on top. If you already follow me on TikTok, you already know how I come with these Bible stories. And if you don't, I don't know what you're doing, okay? I will be trying to post more of those on the Ghetto Good Girl Facebook page. So, you know, we can kind of build a community and y'all can kind of get to know me. I can get to know y'all. I want to talk to y'all. I want y'all to talk to me. You know what I'm saying? Then it would be little bite-sized pieces for y'all as well. Yeah, I'm just so in during your week, in the middle of your week, you'll be able to have something to go off of. All right, so here we go. I'm coming to y'all in numbers today. So I kind of rewinded because I was in Judges and I was like, wait a minute, hold up, wait a minute, let me put something in it. But yeah, we're going to rewind back to numbers. And Numbers uh, 21, I want to say it's Numbers 21 and 20, no, 22-1. Numbers 22-1. So, God had just gave them victory um, in the previous chapter, which, you know, you know how God is. He going to tell you already, look, I already gave you victory, baby. That's already yours. Go get it. So, he already gave them victory, and they've been doing victory after victory after victory, and this is still during Moses' time, okay? So, everybody know Moses. Most people already know Moses, but this is still during Moses' time. So, Numbers 22.1, Then the people of Israel traveled to the plains of Moab and camped east to the Jordan River, across from Jericho, Balak, son of Zipper, and Moabite king, had seen everything the Israelites did to the Amorites. Because they annihilated. Like, they tore them down. Okay? If Yeah. Right. Okay. So. <laughs> look, I had to make sure I was saying it right. But still. So, he had already seen everything they did to the Amorites. And when the people of Moab saw how many Israelites there were, they were terrified. The king of Moab said to the elders in Midian, This mob will devour everything in sight, like an ox devoured grass in the field. So I don't know what they were doing for them 40 years that they were in the wilderness, but it seemed like they were reproducing at mass rates. (laughs) 
it's, it's so much that they the Israelites who were just this, you know, country of people who lived in Goshen, which they multiplied a lot there, so much that Egypt had to enslave them because they felt like it was so many of them that they would overpower Egypt. Like, when you are God's people, when you are blessed and God's hand is on you, it's like they, nobody can stop you. They, they want to enslave you. They want to bondage you. They want to oppress you because they feel like, dang, you're going to outgrow me, so I got to put you under me. And baby, God ain't going to allow it. But all right, I'm getting, I'm already getting there. Like I'm already getting there, but let me calm down because see this right here. This is one of my stories. This is one of those, like when you're going through something, you need to hear this. Okay. And let me breathe. Cause I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. He called them a mob. Like the Israelites is the mob, like uh, the mob, the gang, gang, you know what I'm saying? So Balak, the king of Moab sent messengers to call Balaam, son of Beor, who was living in his native land of Pithor, near the Ephrates River. His message said, Look, a vast horde of people have arrived from Egypt. Now, these folks been gone for over 40 years, but okay. Well, no, it wasn't for over 40 years. This was still during the time that they were in the wilderness, so excuse me. But, look, a vast horde of people had arrived from Egypt. They covered the they covered the face of the earth. That's how many of them it is. And are threatening me. People come. Oh, girl, I rebuke my devil. They cover the face of the earth and are threatening me. They ain't even did nothing to him. How they threatening him? Please come and curse these people for me. Because they are too powerful for me. Then perhaps I will be able to conquer them and drive them from the land. I know that blessings fall on any people you bless and curses fall on any people you curse. So that let me know right there, Balak is a um, king of Moab. He sent the message to Balaam, son of Beor. So Balaam... Anybody that he blesses, bless. Anybody he curses, curse. So that let me know Balaam is a prophet. Okay, but keep listening because... Just keep listening. Balak's messenger, who were elders of Moab and Midian. And if y'all listened last week, you know, they completely slaughtered Midian. But anyways. Set out with money to pay Balaam to place a curse upon the Israel. He was going to pay him to curse Israel. You're going to pay a prophet to curse a nation. That is outrageously crazy. They were they went to Balaam and delivered Balak's message to him. Stay here overnight, Balaam said. In the morning, I will tell you whatever the Lord directs me to say. Now, you know he a real man of God. Because he, because most people, oh, you're going to pay me? All right, I'm on my way. Yeah, yeah. All right, all I got to do is pray and say, Lord, you know, let them win this victory. And, uh, yeah. No, he was like, let me see what God got to say about this. He went to God first. That is the first thing. We should always be trying to hear a word from God. And he said to stay overnight. So he didn't just go, I'm going to pray about it. And as soon as he get through praying, all right, let's go. No, he said, wait until I get the word back from God. A lot of people get, get you know, like, they don't want to wait. They don't want to wait. 
And I think I said this on my podcast before. Well, you know, this the deadline. They needed me to be here on the 28th. It's the 27th. If God don't say nothing by the 28th, I guess I just go. No, you wait. If he don't say nothing to the 29th, then you just ain't go. These folks thought they could buy a curse. That's so crazy. Okay. So the officials of Moab stayed there with Balaam. That night, God came to Balaam and asked him, Who are these men visiting you? See, God kind of slick with it. He be asking him these folks questions that he know. <laughs> but, it, okay. Balaam said to God, Balak, son of Zypher, king of Moab, has sent me this message. Look, a vast horde of people have arrived from Egypt. They are, and they cover the face of the earth. Come and curse these people for me. Then... Perhaps I'll be able to stand up to them and drive them from the land. But God told Balaam, do not go with them. You are not to curse these people for they have been blessed. So when God calls you blessed, nobody can curse you. Okay. I'm going to keep going because it's getting better. It's, ooh, girl, it's, it's, a, it's a spot in here, baby. Okay. The next morning, Balaam got up and told Balak's officials, go on home. That's literally say, go on home. Like, he must have been down south country, just like me. My, my sorority sister calls me cornbread. She's like, girl, you is country. You is cornbread. And is cornbread said, I have my right sick cabbage. Okay. Let me go <laughs> But being you know what I'm saying? Okay. But so he woke up the next morning. He was like, go on home. He has an exclamation point because he was like, I ain't about to play with the Lord. <laughs> he said, go on home. The Lord will not let me go with you. So the Moabites officials returned to King Balak and reported. Balaam refused to come with us. Then Balak tried again. This time he sent a larger number of even more distinguished officials than those he had sent the first time. They went to Balaam and delivered this message to him. This is what Balak son of Zyper says. Please don't let anything stop you from coming to help me. I will pay you very well and do whatever you tell me. Just come and curse these people for me. That let me know he don't believe in God. They just sat here and told you. The Lord said no. The Lord said no. You like, don't let anything stop you. So you telling me to disobey God? Because God told me not to do it. You said, don't let God tell me not to do it. Oh, okay. You was a godless person. Okay. We all going to see what happened. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold that thought. But Balaam responded to Balak's messenger. Even if Balak were to give me his palace filled with silver and gold, I would be powerless to do anything against the, the will of the Lord my God. But stay here one more night and I will see if the Lord has anything else to say to me. First of all, he had to acknowledge, baby, God already said it. Ain't nothing I could do. This is out of my hands. This above me now, sweetheart. Okay. If God said I can't do it, if God said they blessed, I can't curse them. 
my blessings and curses come from him. You got to know where your power lies. You got to know the strength that you have in Christ God. You got to know if you step outside of the will of God that you will no longer have that strength. You are not doing this by your own works. And he was humble enough to know, okay, even though y'all think I'm such this great sorcerer or something, but my work come from God and God ain't said I could do it. Y'all thinking, like, the first message he sent was, whoever you curse is cursed, whoever you bless is blessed. No, 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 no. Let me, let, me, let me explain this. Whoever God says I can curse is cursed. Whoever God says I can bless is blessed. This is not of me. This is not by my own power. This is not by my own strength. Okay, hold on. But he said he'll ask God again for them, right? I guess the money, the silver, the gold, the palace, all that kind of got to him, so. That night, God came to Balaam and told him, Since these men have come for you, get up and go with them, but do only what I tell you to do. This is going to show God's sense of humor right here. So he already said, No, nah, but since y'all want to play, let's play. <laughs> I, yeah, don't come for me unless I can send for you. But since you keep coming over here, what's up? Okay. So... The next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey, and started off with the Moab officials. But God was angry. So this was a little bit confusing, right? But it's like, why he angry? You told him to go. No, 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 no. You told him, don't go the first time, and he came back to you. So sometimes we got to realize, God had told you, don't mess with that man, and you done came back praying and praying and praying and praying, and God, please, and he's like, all right, we'll do it. But it's not in his own will, it's because you're begging. Go do it. You got free will on earth, do it. But this ain't what I wanted for you. This ain't what I wanted at all. But go ahead, you keep coming over here, and I told you no. In my Bernie Mac voice. I already told you, no. In my Bernie Mac voice, okay? Be careful what you petition God for. He already told him no, but because Balaam asked again, he said to go. All right. So God was angry with Balaam that Balaam was going. So he sent an angel of the Lord to stand in the road and block his way. This is God's sense of humor. You just told me to go. But really, first time, the first God's first answer is his answer. The second answer was just, all right, bet. I'm going to show you that I meant no. So, all right, go. Mm-hmm, go. It's like your mama, like, yeah, do it. As soon as you do it, you get popped. <laughs> you know, you told me to do it. No, I told you not to do it, but you're playing. That's, that's what God is doing. So... He sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block the way. As Balaam and the two servants were riding along, Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. This angel got a sword. <laughs> Nigga, you gonna kill me? I know I was disobedient, but death. <laughs> okay. So he sent him with a drawn sword in his hand. The donkey bolted off the road into the field and Balaam beat it and turned it back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood at a place of the road narrow that was narrow between two vineyards. Then the donkey saw the angel of the Lord. It tried to squeeze by and crush Balaam's foot against the wall. So Balaam beat the donkey again. 
Look, the angel like, man, this man got a sword. I'm not trying to touch him. I'm just trying to say, get on by. I don't want to. I want to get beat. So let me just go around him. First, he was like, I'm scared. You know what I'm saying? He got his tail beat for being scared. Now, okay, well, let me just try to tiptoe around the angel. Then I accidentally smushed the foot. I didn't mean to. <laughs> they, can't, they can't help this angel big, but all right. So he get beat again. Okay. Then the angel of the Lord moved further down the road and stood in a place too narrow for the donkey to get by at all. This time when the donkey saw the angel, it lied down under Balaam. In a fit of rage, Balaam beat the animal again with his staff. The Lord gave the donkey ability to speak. That's why they say God to give the let a donkey give a message. Y'all ain't never heard them say that in church. They be like, but it's true. Because even in, it's in this Bible that if we don't praise him, God will give the rocks mouths and let them give praise to him. Y'all better stop it. So he gave the donkey ability to speak. What have I done to you that deserves your being me three times? It asked Balaam. You have made me look like a fool, Balaam shouted. If I had a sword with me, I would kill you. But I am the same donkey you have ridden all your life, the donkey answered. Have I ever done anything like this before? No, Balaam admitted. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell face down on the ground before him. The fact that he a prophet, it doesn't really surprise me that he ain't shocked by none of this happened. Because the thing about prophets and it said in this good book, they're peculiar. They're different. They are they're they're that one friend that's just a little bit different. Like you just a little different. Because they hear directly from God. Everybody can't take that. God is literally coming to him having conversations. It takes a little, you know what I'm saying? You're a little different. Yeah, your faith is different. The way you see life got to be a little bit different. You're hearing things about other people's lives and you're having to, it's different. So I'm not shocked that he ain't shocked that first the donkey talk and he also ain't scared of seeing this angel because there's a lot of a lot of people in the bible that see the angel like, whoa whoa and then the angel have to say do not fear i'm an angel of the lord so this let me know belong already to seen some things obviously because they come into belong to say curse you curse people and you bless people and it happens so belong already that that guy in his ministry right so this ain't even unshocking for him he probably seen worse he probably seen demons heads turning around <laughs> on their body so just to kind of put that in context for some people who don't have that same type of faith you get into you get into this thing you for real in this thing and if god and it might not be the call you might be you know an evangelist or however and you might see some stuff or you might not see nothing it just god is going to show you what you know and he's going to prepare you for whatever it is he has for you okay then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell face down on the ground before him. Why 
did you beat your donkey those three times the angel of the lord demanded look i have come to block your way because you are stubbornly resisting me three times the donkey saw me and shed away otherwise i would certainly have killed you by now and spared the donkey so the donkey was saving his life y'all got to do what god said do the first time lord thank you and forgive me for being this way because we all this way god already said no and that's his sense of humor he's like i already told you no but since you keep on asking go and go and he sent his angel to kill him because i told you don't do it that's why you got to read this old testament because you think oh jesus is love and you know and because we got jesus sitting on the right hand of god you know pretty much being our advocate when we mess up, oh, that's because of this. And God is giving us all these chances because Jesus is talking for us up there. We forget that God don't play no games. We think we just got some type of weak, wimpy, diary of a wimpy kid type of God. We don't. This is a warrior God. He ain't playing. He cutting heads off. It's a whole war that went on in heaven. This is how this all, if you have not heard me say this, let me say it again. Satan was the head of all of the ministry, the, um, the praise and worship in heaven. He was one of the three archangels. He was the most beautiful angel and he turned against God. He sent, he had one third of all of the, uh, angels in heaven turn against god and telling them why we got to do this all we got we are made to praise him all the time you're making us do this we don't want to do this we shouldn't have to constantly do this all the time they really should praise me i'm the one that sing the best i'm the one that look the best i'm the da-da-da. and he got the big head because he was his his proximity to god he got the big head he decided that he was too good to be doing this and he convinced one third of the the angels in heaven to also turn against god it was this big old war in heaven that broke out and then he got cast down into the darkness guess what that darkness was it was like darkness and sea and creatures and and scariness and that's the same darkness that god came down and created the earth and the galaxies and the stars and everything out of this is where the devil was cast to this is the darkness that God said, let there be light. Let me give y'all that, that right there. So don't be so shocked that the devil gets to roam so freely on earth. This is where he was. And when earth is over with, that's when he'll be locked away. But right now, this is where he was cast to because of the war in heaven. I need y'all to get an understanding on this. Because when it starts making more sense, you'll be able to walk in your life a lot better. It got to make sense. And I understand that. If y'all anything like me, people can tell you something, but if you don't make it make sense, that don't mean nothing to me because in my mind, it don't. I don't see the logic. So I, I have to break that down for y'all. Okay, so God already said don't do it. But you want to constantly, okay, do it. But I'm going to kill you because you're playing with me and you already know who I am. And I said don't do it the first time I said them people bless. You still going to go with them to curse them? You're still going to go and curse the people I just told you don't curse. You crazy. So you, what, the money got you? <laughs> well, I told Tina, I tell, I tell you, sing's a problem. No wife will tell you open their mouth. You singing all day long. <laughs> I play so much. If y'all ain't seen the movie, just ignore that. But anyways, 
Okay, so this is the thing. Here we are. We had 34. Verse 34. Then Balaam confessed to the angel of the Lord. I have sinned. I didn't realize you were standing in the road to block my way. I will return home if you are against my going. <clears throat> Excuse me. And now this is where you see God will turn everything for your bad and make it for your good. Okay, this is that right here. So he was like, you know what? I'm going to return home. But the angel of the Lord told Balaam, go with the man, but say only what I tell you to say. So Balaam went on with Balak's officials. Now, I don't know if these men kept on riding down the road because they didn't see the angel or they were sitting there like, what's going on? Because they couldn't see nothing that was going on. Because see, if you ain't, if you're not able to look at things in the spirit and you're only able to look at things in the natural, you won't know. You'll be lost. You're going to be lost in the sauce because this thing is, it's a spiritual realm and then there's a natural realm. And if you can't see in the spiritual realm, you will be lost in the sauce. Okay. So, Balaam went, went, uh, so Balaam went on with Balak's officials. When the king Balak heard that Balaam was on the way, he went out to meet him at Moabite town on the Arnon River at the farthest border of his land. So, these people ain't even on his land. They bordered around his land. They're not even touching his land, okay? Didn't I send you a urgent invitation? First of all, you begged me to come, but when I get here, you questioning me? Okay. I already know you were godless. You were godless already because you told me not to listen to God and kept begging me to come. Then when I get out here and I'm finally here, you, you got attitude? That ain't nothing but the devil. All right. But he said, didn't I send you an urgent invitation? Why didn't you come right away? Balak asked Balaam, didn't you believe me when I said I will reward you richly? Definitely the devil. Definitely the devil trying to reward you richly to do something God said don't do. Child, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? Barak was about to, Balaam was about to die, excuse me. For disobeying God on that road. And he would have hit hell. His soul would have hit hell. I don't care how many people he's blessed, how many people he's cursed, how many people he delivered, how many people he set free. He disobeyed God and died in his disobedience to try to go get some riches and would have died and went to hell. That's why the devil tried to get you to backslide so bad. Because if he, he can get you to backslide, and as soon as you backslide, he can get you to die, get hit by a bus, a stray bullet hit you, anything, you're gonna die in your sin. You've been doing good, but then little Jody that's real cute, they got the real good skin and the pretty teeth, hit you up and you was like, oh, this is hard and you fall into temptation and then Jody, you done went over there and you done messed around with Jody, but you ain't know Jody baby mama was crazy, now she done shot you and now you're dead. I don't care how 
much preaching and tongues you done did when you died in the middle of that fornication you went to hell you didn't have time to repent and i ain't just say ask for forgiveness repenting means turning from the sin going back the other way you didn't have time to do that you died in your sin and you are going to go to hell it doesn't work that way you don't get in heaven by the works that you do you cannot work your way in heaven you cannot buy your way into heaven you have to live the lifestyle to get into heaven so the devil tries to kill us right when he tricks us into sin he comes to tempt us he tempts us if you fall to the temptation and die in that temptation you can be up look i'm just gonna be real people have heart attacks while having sex boom dead you done died inside your mistress and you went to hell i'm just boom dead i mean it is what it is okay you can't take it i don't know what to tell you but this is life okay so but Lauren replied, look, now I have come. Like, he's straight to the point. And that's how I would have been, too. Like, you asked me all these, well, look, I'm here. What? Look, now I have come, but I have no power to say whatever I want. I will speak only the message that God puts in my mouth. Then Balaam accompanied Balak to Kirith-Hosoth, where the king sacrificed cattle and sheep. He sent portions of the meat to Balaam and the officials who were with him. The next morning, Balak took Balaam up to Bamoth Baal. From there, he could see some of the people of Israel spread out below him. And I just want to say when Balaam said, I have no power to say whatever I want. I want to speak the message that come out of my mouth. That's how we need to live our life all the time. Because even the Bible say to only let the words out of our mouth be to the edification of the kingdom. We shouldn't just be talking junk and gossiping and just, oh, yeah, and, you know, we saw such and such and such. No, everything that come out of your mouth should be what God is saying. You Let your words be few. Only say what God is telling you to say. Okay? So, anyways, he put him up for the night, gave him good food, you know. Now, the next morning, he want to take him up the hill um so that he can look down and be able to see some of the israelites right because they so many of them they cover the earth he's so dramatic but okay then balaam said to king balak build me seven altars here and prepare seven young bulls and seven rams for me to sacrifice Balak followed the instructions and the two of them sacrificed a young bull, ram, and ram on each altar. Y'all hear them sevens? In my last message last week, it was like 77 officials. Y'all hear all these sevens? My mama always taught me threes and sevens are God, God working those numbers a lot. So, then Balaam said to Balak, Stand here by your burnt offering, and I will go to see if the Lord will respond to me. Then I will tell you whatever he reveals to me. So Balaam went alone to the top of the bare hill, and God met him there. Balaam said to him, I have prepared seven altars and have sacrificed a young bull and a ram on each altar. The Lord gave Balaam a message for King Balak. 
Then he said, go back to Balak and give him my message. I want to pause. Because Moses do get a lot of credit. And he deserved, well, really God deserved a lot of credit. But he deserved his part, his portion in the story because he did go and allow God to use him to rescue God's people. But people try to make it seem like those were all of God's people on earth. And that's so not true. Balaam was not one of the Israelites. He was never in Egypt. He was not a part of their whole tribe or anything. He also heard from God. Moses heard from God, right? Moses got to go up and be in God's presence. But Balaam also heard from God. Completely different guy. Had nothing to do with them. Not tied to him. Lived on a whole other side of the earth. Well, not, you know what I mean nation land however he didn't live in egypt he wasn't in goshen he wasn't a part of um joshua not joshua joseph's tribe or nothing like that so boom jacob i'm sorry it was jacob jacob was the descendant was the uh father of the israelites because he was the one who God rose up to be able to save his family, and then he was able to move them to Goshen, where they were able to be taken care of during the famine, and then they got so big and spread so much that the the new king of Egypt forgot the promise that he would never do anything to the people in Goshen. The new king, he was like, that ain't got nothing to do with me. These people too big. We're going to oppress them. And then they cried out to God. So God had already had a plan for Moses, because Moses had killed somebody. So Moses was on the run. He wasn't trying to be in Egypt. He was gone. He was in the wilderness. He had did something he had no business doing, okay? I feel for Moses, because I did something I had no business doing. I was on the run before too, so hey. <laughs> but in that wilderness, God rose him up. And I said, again, I feel like Moses, because I'm still in my wilderness, but hey. And then he sent him back to set some people, set his people free. Now they're in the wilderness. Again, Moses never asked for any of this. I just want to kind of put it out there that Moses was minding his business. Now he lived in the wilderness with all these people trying to lead them. I don't know how I got here, but I'm here. That's how he was. So in a whole nother spectrum, God was talking to Moses and doing us, but God also had this man named Balaam over here who he spoke through, who was his prophet too. So sometimes people be thinking that they the only people that God done called and it don't work that way. You think your life is the only life. No, it's a lot of lives and it's a lot of perspectives. Just like you get up every morning, you got to get ready for work. You got, it's a lot of people doing it. And just like you have these inner dialogues, you have this whole thing, you have hopes and dreams. You are not the only one on the planet earth. It is a thousand trillion billion people who have their own lives, their own perspective. They see the world their own way. So I just kind of had to put that out there that God ain't just called you and you ain't the only person going through and having your struggle, okay? We have we all bleeding blood. Just put it out there. All right. So then Balaam said, so God told him to say this. Um, let me find my spy. We'll go see what Salam went to the top. God told him, There, I have prepared an altar. The Lord gave Balaam a message for the king Balak. He said, Go back to Balak and give him my message. So Balaam returned and found the king standing beside his burnt offering with all the official Moabs. This was the message Balaam delivered Balak 
summoned me to come from Aram. The king of Moab brought me from the eastern hills. Come, he said, curse Jacob for me. Come and announce Israel's doom. See, you know this God talking, right? Because how did Balaam know that this was Jacob's tribe? But okay. But how can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I condemn those who the Lord has not condemned? I see them from the clifftops. I watch them from the hills. I see a people who live by themselves, set apart from other nations, who cannot count Jacob's, who can count Jacob's descendants, are numerous as dust. Who can count even a fourth of Israel's people? Let me die like the righteous. Let my life end like theirs. So then the king Balak demanded of Balaam, what are you, what have you done to me? I brought you here to curse my enemy. Instead, you have blessed them. Y'all missed it. This is, let me go back. Cause this is what God told him to say. God, he said, I'm only going to say what God told him to say. And this is what God told him to say. Balak summoned me to come here. He brought me here from Moab. He told me to come and curse Jacob. To announce that Israel is doomed. But how can I curse somebody that God ain't cursed? How can I condemn these folks? God ain't told me to do that. I'm looking at them from the hills. When I look down, I'm seeing all these people. They all by themselves minding their business. They set apart. They in the wilderness. They trying to figure it out. I can't even count how many people down there. Who can count this many people? It's just as much as dust. It's so many of them. Let me die like the righteous. Let my life end like theirs. Because he's calling them righteous. Let me die like them. They're right. They're right standing with God. That's what righteous is. They're right standing upright with God. I want to be like them. That ain't no curse. <laughs> Let me be like them. That ain't no curse. So yeah, Balak is mad. So Balaam replied, I will speak only the message that the Lord puts in my mouth. He even said it again. Balaam like, what you what you doing? Look, I can only say what God said. That's what God said. So then the king Balak told him, come with me to another place. There you will see another part of the nation of Israel, but not all of them. Because there's so many of them. He keep going to different places. He only seeing, you know, little pieces. You walk to America, you go to the north, you only seeing, you know, a couple of people in, you know, New York. You can't see the people in California from New York. <laughs> so, but they're all Americans. So, so much with Melted Bar. But you get what I'm saying. Curse at least that many. So, Balak took Balaam to the plateau of Zophim on Fisak Peak. He built seven altars there and offered a young bull and a young ram on each altar. Y'all see how they constantly build me altars? Okay. Then Balaam said to the king, 
Stand here by your burnt offering while I go over there to meet the Lord. And the Lord met Balaam and gave him this message. Then he said, go back to Balak and give him my message. So Balaam returned and found the king standing beside his burnt offering with all these officials of Moab. What did the Lord say? Balak asked eagerly. This was the message Balaam delivered. Rise up, Balak, and listen. Hear me, son of Zyper. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Listen, I received a command to bless. God has blessed and I cannot reverse it. No misfortune is in the plan for Jacob. No trouble is in the store for Israel. For the Lord, their God, is with them. He has been proclaimed their king. God brought them out of Egypt. For them, he is as strong as a wild ox. No curse can touch Jacob. No magic has any power against them. For now, it will be son said of Jacob, what wonders God has done for Israel. These people rise up like lions. Like majestic lion rousing itself. They refuse to rest until they have feasted on their prey, drinking the blood of the slaughtered. I just had to pause and let that sink in for y'all. You told him to, to curse them. He's like, I want to be just like them. They're blessed. They're righteous. They're doing right. This is the right thing. You're like, okay, well, let me take you to another half of, of them and just curse that little portion of them. Just, just, just that little portion. You know what I'm saying? Just get them. If you can't get everybody, you take them over there and then he go, Hey, God ain't lying. God ain't a man. He lied. God is blessing them. They're going to be blessed. They're going to rise up like lioness. They're going to attack their prey. They're going to be blessed. Everybody's going to say they are blessed. I mean, it's nothing that you can do about this. They're blessed. God is blessing them. God is with them. God is not turning his hand away from them. God has gave them the victory that they're supposed to have. You need to listen. You're not listening. Then Balak said to Balaam, fine, but if you won't curse them, at least don't bless them. Ooh, boy, if that ain't a hater, if that ain't a hater, if you're not going to curse them, at least don't bless them. Man, you a hater to your core, big dog. But Balaam replied to Balak, didn't I tell you that I can only do what the Lord tells me. Then King Balak said to Balaam, Come, I will take you one more place. Perhaps it will please God to let you curse them from there. I mean, is you slow or is you stupid? My grandma used to say, Stuck on stupid and dingling on dumb. Because, <laughs> baby, what? <laughs> Did you not just hear him just snap? tell you listen you're not listening god ain't gonna change his man god is not a man that he shall lie what you still like okay well maybe it'll please god if you curse him from the left there's some people that like to play with god i mean i didn't really do it i didn't do it at my house i did it at his house so i mean it really wasn't like i was cheating on my husband because we weren't in my bed so it's not like i defiled my marriage bed no you cheated adultery boom 
Stop thinking you can play and slip and slide. That's the devil trying to be a little snake. Playing. Well, you know, he just don't want you to eat from this tree because you'll be smart. No. He don't want you to eat from the tree because the stuff that you're going to know, you don't even need to know and it's going to mess you up. And you're not going to be able to be able to be with him with that sin in your life because you, first of all, you disobedient. Second of all, the things that you're thinking that you know and make you think you're so smart is going to also be your downfall. You're running away because you're thinking you're naked the whole time. Ain't nothing wrong with you. Y'all don't two people in the garden. Y'all supposed to be having sex. Why you need clothes? I mean, I'm just going to be real. Anyways, all right. I digress. But yeah, that just bothered me. Come, I'll take you to another place. Perhaps it will please God to let you curse them from there. As if God is feeble-minded and God is, like my sorority sister will say, God is not schizophrenic. He ain't going to say one thing and then start saying another thing. So Balak took Balaam to the top of the Mount Peor, overlooking the wasteland. Balaam again told Balak, build me seven altars. Seven altars. This is the third time. Each time, seven altars. And prepare seven young bulls and seven rams for me to sacrifice. So Balak did as Balaam ordered and offered a young bull and ram on each altar. By now, Balaam realized that the Lord was determined to bless Israel. So he did not resort to divination as before. Instead, he turned and looked out towards the wilderness where he saw so where he saw the people of Israel camped tribe by tribe. Then the spirit of God came upon him. And this is the message he delivered. You can't tell me that the Holy Spirit is not real. Even back in the Old Testament, people try to act like, oh, no, the Holy Spirit been around. He been around. So anyways, the the Spirit of God came upon him. And this is the message he delivered. This is the message of Balaam, son of Beor. The message of the man those eyes see clearly. You know, I can see very clear. I see what's going on. The message of one who hears the words of God, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who bows down the eyes with eyes wide open. Sorry, who bows down with eyes wide open. How beautiful are your tents, O Jacob. How lovely are your homes, O Israel. They spread before me like palm trees, like gardens by the riverside. They are like tall trees planted by the Lord, like cedars beside the waters. Water will flow from their buckets. Their offsprings have all they need. Their king will be greater than Agog. Their kingdom will be exalted. God brought them out of Egypt. For them, he is as strong as a wild ox. I mean, he ain't going to play about them. He devoured all the nations that opposed them, breaking their bones in pieces, shooting them with arrows. Like a lion, Israel crouches and lies down. Like a lioness who dares to arouse her. Blessed is everyone who blesses you. Oh, Israel, I cursed the everyone who curses you. 
King Balak flew into rage against Balaam. He angrily clapped his hands and shouted, I called you to curse my enemies. Instead, you have blessed them three times. Now get out of here. Go back home. I promise to you. Ugh. I promise to reward you richly, but the Lord has kept you from your reward. How God kept me from a reward a man going to give me? You lost your mind. You telling me me doing the work of God mean I'm, I'm what? Broke? Negro, please. You came to me. I never came to you. I never came to you asking you for nothing. You came to me trying to give me something to do something against God's will. And then you want me to feel bad, say, oh, Lord, now I'm not going to get these little mesley, peasley, nothing riches. Well, my riches is in heaven anyways. Crazy, buffoon. But I don't want y'all to miss. This whole time, the Israelites is down there minding their business. They're down there minding their business, not even knowing that God has sent one of his own messengers. It, it really, it was meant for their evil, but it worked out for their good. Because it was meant for him to go down there and curse them. But God then sent this man, sent him to put three um, temples, not temples, Lord forgive me. Three altars around them. He has made three altars around the Israelite camps. Three altars. You don't even know that these altars are being built around your camp. You don't know what God is doing. We be sitting here complaining, but we don't even know all the stuff that God is doing. Our names are in rooms we don't even know nothing about. Literally. They came to this man's house talking about this. Their name was in a room they ain't know nothing about. So now this man had made three altars all around them and then blessed them at each altar all around. They don't even know that somebody is praying heavily and mightily for their 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 victory. Y'all, if that don't bless you, you're going through. You don't even know that there's somebody on their knees praying about you. Ain't never talked to you, but God gave them a vision, showed them what they had for you. And these people saw you in a vision and ain't seen you in real life. Ain't shook your hand, ain't introduced themselves, but they on their knees somewhere praying for you. You don't even know that. You'll be ready to give them, throw in the towel. It's somebody that God already, I need you to pray, you to bless them, you to speak blessings over them because I have blessed them. And in the end, he said, I curse everybody that curses you. Man, the Israelites don't even know. As they just living their little merry little lives, probably just doing whatever, you know, walking around, woo, woo, woo. It's somebody praying, praying that they succeed, blessing them. They're going to be blessed. They're going to be the biggest uh, kingdom. Their king is going to be better than Agog and all this stuff. They don't know. You don't know who's praying for you. Can't nobody curse you when God bless you. Balaam said to Balak, don't you remember what I told your messenger? I said, even if Balak were to give me his palace filled with silver and gold, I would be powerless to do anything against the will of the Lord. I told you that I could say only what the Lord says. Now I am returning to my own people. But first, let me tell you what the Israelites will do to your people in the future. This is the message Balaam delivered. This is the message of Balan's son of Beor, the message of the man who eyes see clearly, the message of the one who hears the word of God, who has knowledge from the Most High, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who bows down with his eyes open. 
I see him, but not here and now. I perceive him, but far in the distant future. A star will rise from Jacob. A scepter will emerge from Israel. It will crush the forehead of Moab's people, cracking the skulls of the people of Sheath. Edom will be taken over, and Seir, its empty, will be conquered. While Israel march on in triumph, the ruler will rise in Jacob, who will destroy the survivors of Ir. You remember, God made them sit in the wilderness for 40 years. They didn't get to do nothing. So he's like, I don't see it right now. It ain't right now, but somebody going to rise up, and they're going to go, and they're going to take over all these places. Then Balaam looked toward the people of Amalek and delivered this message. Amalek was the greatest of the nations. But its destiny is destruction. Then he looked over towards the Kenites and delivered this message. Your home is secure, but your nest is set on rocks. But the Kenites will be destroyed when Assyria takes you captive. Balaam concluded his message by saying, Alas, who can survive unless God is willing it? Ships will come from the coast of Cyprus. They will oppress Assyria and afflict Eber, but they too will be utterly destroyed. Then Balaam and Balak return to their homes. Yow. Yow. That was so deep. That was so deep. That was deep. Who can curse you if God done blessed you? Stop worrying about what these people got to say. They putting their mouth on you, they don't even understand. Especially if you listening to the instructions of the Holy Spirit. They putting their mouth on the Holy Spirit. That's blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. If you listen last week. If you listen to my message last week. They don't, wanna, they don't want God to have vengeance over them. Do you hear me? So, hey. I hope that this blessed everybody that listened to this. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know why God having me have these little Bible sessions with y'all. But for whatever reason, he wants you to know that you are blessed. And the people that got their mouth on you, don't even worry about it. Because he's sending some more people to bless you. And that they, he is going to curse those who have put curses on you. And you are blessed because God said he is blessed. And can no man on this earth do anything against the will of god and you need to let that sink into your spirit listen to this again because if you even let the devil get in your mind a little bit and take your faith and put fear in your heart when you don't have faith that's when you will not be able to see the promises of god if you want to see the promises of god you need to have faith and you need to be steadfast on his word when god is sending a word when it's touching you and you feeling you like i know this is for me you better you better hold on to it pray on it sup with it fast over it but that word if it's for you ask god to send you confirmation it'll he will send you confirmation ask god to send you confirmation when i ask god for confirmation over if i should leave my job because everybody's like what are you doing why are you doing god let me see a green cadillac go i'm sitting at a gas station green cadillac go past me then a green truck go past me then i see a green 18 wheeler with 
I mean, an 18 wheeler with a green trailer. So I take off from the, the gas station. I'm going down the road. I see another green 18 wheeler. The cab is green this time. I see a green plane in the sky. I'm seeing green everything. I said, Grandma, I'm seeing all this green. She said, Baby, green mean go. Still did I not go. I still didn't go. Then I'm asleep. I get woken up. My mom's a prophet. She go, um, she wake me up out of my sleep. God been telling you to leave this job. And you been being disobedient. I didn't tell her. I don't think I told her, but yeah. But anyways, God been telling me, okay, fine. Then a whole nother series of events. Um, one of my sisters had something going on in her life. And I'm going to her to go pray for her. She get up in the midst of this horrible situation praying for me. And she's like, I'm going to be obedient to God. And God is saying that you are not supposed to be on this job. So, ask for, every time though, I kept asking for confirmation. Even after all that green, I asked for confirmation. Even after my mama prophesied to me, I asked for confirmation. I kept asking for more confirmation. But I never lost the faith. God, if this you, I'm going to do it. Just send me confirmation. It's stories in here where people ask, did that. They ask for confirmation. So don't think, don't let the devil make you, you don't believe God if you ask. No, yes, you do. You want to make sure you're doing the right thing. You want to make sure that you're in the will of God. Because if you think you're hearing from God and you ain't, and you step outside the will of God, you've been messed up your life. But guess what? What the devil meant for your bad, it'll still work out for your good. But why even go through all of that? Just ask for confirmation. I ain't gonna hold y'all, you know what I'm saying? If y'all do want to continue this conversation, y'all know how to get at me on the Ghetto Good Girl Facebook page. If y'all got some questions, y'all got some stories y'all want to talk about, you know what I'm saying? We get this thing popping. And if you do want to sow into this ministry, pretty much it's kind of like ministry. It's not a ministry, but it's a ministry in a way. Um, but if you want to just help the podcast out, boom, bam, thank you, ma'am. Go over to the <laughs> Ghetto Good Girl Etsy page. I mean, it's stuff on there from $1.99 on up. Whatever God tell you to do, whatever on your heart, it ain't no pressure. I'm not going to hold you. I love you, but God loves you so much more. Peace.